This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly, episode 57, Random. Strange Assembly, Legend of the Five Rings, and Beyond. A podcast and website about board games, card games, and role-playing games with a focus on the Legend of the Five Rings universe. This is Chris Stevenson, and which of you bums decided to show up today? Not it. I'm Mike Cook. Jay Earl. And this is Strange Assembly, your Legend of the Five Rings and gaming podcast. Today we will subject you to our various comments and considerations about the Winter Court season, the storyline season. Later this year, the cards that have been previewed for the Gen Con promo pack, and oh, probably something else, right? Yep. Oh, yes, my crazy idea about who goes first or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. But we have played a few things that aren't L5R. My wife and I have been playing Lost Cities a lot lately. It's always in the last place you look for them. Yes, except, as we discussed, yes, there are no cities or expeditions, contrary to what the rulebook might tell you. There's no theme at all to that game. Are there Waldos? No. Haven't found any. (laughs) But it's a two-player game that involves playing cards in numeric order. But Katie likes it. Jay seemed to like it. I'm really bad at that game. (laughs) I believe there was an Xbox Live version that got taken down because I just guess it got purchased so few times. Think there is a Facebook game based on it too. If I'm not mistaken. Thunderstone is the only Facebook game I actually play and Yeah, no agreed. It got a little I, I do not like having to pay to access more cards. You kinda have to play with the same set over and over again. Yeah. I think that's about to come out as a face as a an iOS app. They're that trying to make it works in the same way, but you have to be you have to log into Facebook, I think, to I haven't heard anything about that. I thought they were just developing it as his own separate app. No, it's it's the same game, but you have to... It only asks you to log in right at the beginning, I don't... And then if you're going to do an update, if you're like me and you have an iPod, but not an iPhone, so it's usually not going to be online. I figured it was going to be like the Ascension. No, it's not It's not like a Playdeck thing. It's the same Zabu or whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. does the hmm? the Facebook... We, for the first time, made our way today through a game of Through the Ages. Maybe next time we'll play the full game. <laughs> Appropriately named, because it takes yes. ages. Yeah. yeah, next time we have a week to play a game. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think that's supposed to take at least four hours to play the full game, which is because it's about 50% longer than the game that we played. Through the Ages is a, a very highly regarded, heavy Euro game, which thematically is basically you're you're playing civilization 
you've got the same kind of you produce food and then you spend you know if you have excess food then you spend it to increase your population and then the more population you have the more it costs to increase population and then you have corruption if you have a bunch of production and and all that sort of thing running around i like it although yeah you're certainly not going to get a lot of games in in a in a week but if you want a very highly strategic very deliberate sort of game i like that it's low randomness, but I think it's got enough randomness to keep it interesting because the main randomness is just what order, not random, the only randomness is what order the cards show up in for you to buy as they, they march down that, that well, little and also line. also the events coming out. Well, the very, oh, but, yeah, which yeah. order the events come in right. out of the, like the five or six that are shuffled together. And the once. attack cards you get. Right. Okay, so whatever but still it's not it, it, it's it does not random. feel random right no 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 yeah it, but, i mean there, there's it, variability but it does not feel random there's enough that you don't feel like it could be a solved game but there's not so much that you get overwhelmed by the randomness yeah. you get overwhelmed by many other things but not randomness <laughs> have we mentioned quarriers online yet i don't know quarriers was which is a dice building game which basically means it's a deck building game, but you have dice instead of decks. And I don't think we'll go into it on a lot here, except to say that it was one of the buzziest games last year, and we don't like it at all. <laughs> and and we'll have a written review go up, which is probably going to end up pretty scathing. I thought I thought we at least talked about it because we played it shortly after it came out. Yes, we played it, and then we played it again to check because I. I'm theoretically gonna argue with Tom Vassell about whether or not it's any good at right. some point whenever <laughs> they get the showdown podcast going. But that's kind of why I've been holding off on the review to do that together. But I've I've got the review now and really had a hard time finding nice things to say about it. It's a good idea, kind of. Could be. I don't know. It's not a horrible idea. <laughs> well, that, that might be I don't know. I think the double the double luck thing really kind of I don't know how you could get away from that if you're making it a just straight I'm gonna make a Dominion esque game with dice. If you want a wanna buy a whole bunch of dice but you aren't going to Dragon Con or Gen Con or something like that where you can just got buy a put, a pitcher full of dice. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's still not good for that because it's not like it's a, like just a regular D six. No. Well, but you've got plenty of regular D6, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so that that's what I've said. If you like dice, and you like just grabbing a handful of dice and rolling them, and you're not really concerned with what happens in the game as a result of the rolling of those dice, well, then this is the game for you. We've also played Wiz War, which I think since that just came out, we'll have an actual review of later in the episode. But... We've probably also had L5R things happen, so I guess first I'll give a shout-out to what is now the Imperial News Service, which used to be the Mozu Report. They are at mozupro.com, probably slash L5R for their L5R thing. They do vidcasts. They're on their third one now, I think for L5R, but it looks like they also do vidcasts for World of Warcraft and Warhammer and some other things that are mono games that I don't play right now, so I haven't looked at those. But on their most recent episode, they had a question from one of their local players. I think they're 
seem to have a group of players that's mostly new to the game. The guy who runs it, I think, is a older school player who had dropped out for a while and has now started again. And that was basically, why isn't there a tiebreaker? And uh, let's get your guys' take on it. But, you know, so as we all know, right, you go in a tournament game, you get your 45 minutes, you go to time, there's no official tiebreaker, you just got to work it out, or it's a double loss. This is not a great system. I don't think anybody thinks this is a great system. No. Nobody likes die rolling for it. Nobody likes having to worry about whether or not somebody's going to be a jerk about insisting that it should be a die roll when they clearly were going to lose, or... Well, I mean, I, I guess in higher level... Well, not higher level play, but in uh, in the end of the tournament, you've got the Palmer rules, which well, are kind yeah, but of let's, a tiebreaker. I mean, but, and especially since they're, as they're, the player Jamie who asked this question pointed out, there used to be a tiebreaker system for L5R. Right, and, and it was horrible. It was ga- easily gamed, and often did not lead to the person who you thought who you should think would be winning winning yes so that that would be our answer jamie as to why that tiebreaker system we had gotten rid of and that's exactly what i've said it it was a tiebreaker that had often had no relation to who was actually going to win the game and it resulted in people literally building decks for the purpose of accumulating Points. Things like force, because force was points, and so you had like a right. You could have like a oh, naga yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah. You could have a naga deck. The point was just a. You would never take a province. You just generated infinite force and played for time. But and this just a broader matter. I think that you don't have ties. You know, we have ties, but there's a reason we call them double losses. It, it's right. a draw, but you get zero points just like you would lost because it's way too easy to slow play. And yeah. Right. Well, more importantly, this is a game where it's really difficult to distinguish between slow play and thinking. Yes, it can be harder. Yeah, you can usually play your three games of Magic, right? Do your best two out of three faster than you'll play your one game of L5R yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, there are going to be games of L5R where it just they swing back and forth and that's that, or two honored decks just kind of well, the rock climbing, off. climbing, or, climbing. I mean, not even swing back and forth. I mean, I've told this story many times. I still remember the my best Cote performance, I was playing like a Red Blitz deck that turn two I was taking a province. So I make it into the cut. I get my top 16, top eight, and top four matches done in half an hour. <laughs> the other bracket is full of honor runners and dishonor runners. So I get to wait three hours <laughs> to do my finals match. Uh, so, but that was, again, yeah, it's, it's uh, mozupro.com. And then there will be a link to the L5R section for that. The other sort of random brainstorm idea I had, and apparently I'm gonna we're gonna subject you to my random brainstorms from now on. L5R is ever Whoa. since ever since that four stronghold thing became reality. And I have to say I do like the fact that I kind of sit here and think about, oh my god, could you imagine if it was you only had two strongholds in the starter deck and half the theme didn't really have anything they could play out of yet and well, i guess after tse it would only be like one theme or for clan or for any clan you could point to right. some stronghold that you don't like something about but i'm so glad that we're that yeah, so glad floor. that brian listened to that <laughs> chris didn't have to use his death laser <laughs> where did i put the password for that i can't get it unlocked <laughs> <laughs> this was starting in just one of the random spider board complaining threads and that was something I thought about, is that since the beginning of the game, in one way or another, there's been variations in it, but your family honor has influenced who went first. And now it's just flat out, you go first, right Unless at the start I of the game. Unless I take it. Well, yes. At the start of the game, what it was, you would cut and then add the focus value. Yes. So, 
and this was when there was absolutely no compensation for going second. So people would put lots of high focus value oh, yeah, cards in their deck just to affect the cut at the start of the game because it was so important. Yeah, there were non-dueling, non-tactician decks that would run all fours just to go first. Yeah, so... I there, mean, was we, a, there was a reason that Take the Initiative would be played three of, despite it being a dead card. Yeah, and those of you who were not playing back then, Take the Initiative was basically... You go re, Yeah, reaction. After, when the other player's about to take the first turn, you take it instead. Uh, but we have a situation right now where, right, obviously, your family honor determines where you go. And clans are designed with this in mind. This is one of the reasons why you can't just straight up compare personalities from clan to clan. Especially military personalities for clans that go second are usually supposed to get a little extra kick. That's why when you look at crab and spider personalities, they have huge force. Mantis personalities have naval. Scorpion personalities, or for the military decks, tend, especially when you look at the Paragons, they don't have better stats, but they have better abilities than you would normally see on a personality. And all that is part of balancing the fact that going second is worst. And going second is worst, despite the fact that we have bamboo harvesters. You still are trying to balance lower faction, lower family artifacts by giving them a little bit of extra stuff. We know that usually when you play a mirror match, you still want to go first. Yep. So one point is Bamboo Harvesters is not actually enough compensation for going second. And the other is that as part of that, we have to design factions to get better if they tend to go second. But I think it's very hard to design and playtest those in the really sort of nuanced way that you need to because it's not something as simple as this claim goes second this clan goes first, unless you're Spider or Lion. Because if you're Mantis, you usually go second, but I'll tell you, if you're a Scorpion Paragons, you do not want to play against Mantis. Because when you're a military deck going second against the guy who has Naval, have fun with that. When you're Lion and you get to go first against all the Honor decks that are generally designed to go second, or if you're Spider and you're going second against the Dishonor deck that's always designed to go second. That is right, really there, kind of an ouch. There was a reason that that eight on Kun, uh, what was the name of the box? Oh, I'm blanking. Um, the eight on that crane box was so the embassy, embassy, the embassy, the embassy. Thank you. Was so huge. Was oh hey, I'm before lion again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an extra two towards your victory condition. But yeah, you're in front of lion when lion is really good. That's a big deal. Yeah. So I guess my thought is, and I don't know that this would necessarily work out, is. I know it's traditional, but detach who goes first from family honor. Just have it be like most games. It's, you know, you roll off or you're coined from whatever. It is random who goes first, just like you do it now when you're tied. And but, then, but Chris, then the Lion players might actually have to get copies of uh, uh, bamboo, bamboo Harvesters. That's not fair to them. Well, no, they have to have it anyway. They might play a mirror match. You're going to have to make an improved version of Bamboo Harvesters or something, but everybody just has to be balanced. Every deck might go first, it might go second. There's no special consideration for one faction or another. You can make Bamboo Harvesters better if you want. You can do things like the old... Was it Border Village? Yes. It was, yeah, four, it was a four for three unless you went second, and then it was a four for four. Well, of course, conversely, that becomes a lot trickier of a proposition to put in your deck if you can't be sure you're going. Yeah, you don't. It, 
it is something that has to change the way that you design some things. And so it has to be done from the start. I'm not even going to pretend to have a clue about what exactly you would want to do to make it so that going first and going second is even. I think in general, you want it to be either an even situation or a situational determination of whether or not you want to go first or go second. That's, I mean, that's the part of the point of why we introduced bamboo harvesters is because you want to reduce the disparity. I mean, ideally, you want to eliminate the disparity. I don't think we've eliminated the disparity. No. It would be, I don't know what you get out of attaching family honor to, I well, mean, I think it was just a flavor. So I, I don't even know what the point of that was in the original design of the game, other than it was just supposed to be a reward for being honorable or something. Right, well, I think part of it, too, was just sort of to give a reason for that stat outside of honor and dishonor decks. Because two military decks don't care at all what their honor is, for the most part. Of course, there's other honor requirements, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, a crab versus a scorpion paragon, neither one of them cares what the honor is. No. It's completely inconsequential stat. I don't know. So there's my brainstorm. So listeners, let me know what's horribly wrong with my brainstorm. Or, you know, Reese, email me and tell me why I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and or I use- implement it or we'll hit you with the death laser. <laughs> right. Because out of all the things about L5R, I'd want to deploy the death laser over. This would be it. <laughs> So, Winter Court, I guess I'll briefly mention that Winter Court, the play-by-forum thing, now has the player applications up. You have until the end of July to fill those out, people who are interested. So just keep that in mind. It is a four-page application with 19 questions. Wear a suit. Be on time. Yes. I imagine they are going to have many, many more players than there are slots. I don't know how much they're really looking for. It may be that if you write two pages about what your character would do in a very simple situation, they're like, oh God, we don't want that guy clogging things yeah. up. <laughs> Who knows? Yep. So, and of course, the main and, criteria and really should be... We don't want those people clogging it. So. Yeah, yeah, we want the, the, the main thing, uh, hopefully, they'll be looking for is when I read this player's application, does he sound like a real jerk <laughs> that no one is going to want to play with? And then let's not let him in. Oh, crud. Now they're not going to let me in. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let anybody in. <laughs> I was about to say, it's, it's a good thing the I internet, wasn't playing. Right? They'll, yeah. they'll let in the three people in the last winter court who did two posts and dropped. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't think Trevor's applying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird thing was the, the Trevor, Trevor had about two posts and dropped or something like that, at least in the public spot, and his character actually managed to achieve his personal goal. <laughs> that, that, because, that sounds like Trevor, yes. Because his character's personal goal was to get the Temple of the Jade Sun officially taken care of by the Imperials or something sort of like that, and the Mantis delegation ended up giving the temple to the Empress as part of the wedding present. Nice. Very so, nice. Not that it mattered in any way, shape, or form, ultimately, whether or not you achieved any goal that you signed, because Winter Core 2 basically just didn't happen, as far as canon goes. They're going to try to avoid what, that this time. Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? Winter Court 2 had the, one of the most important story prizes of late, 
they got rid of the bucket hat. Or was that just coincidental? That didn't actually happen. That's right. That didn't actually happen at Winter Court. That, that did- was just in the Winter Court fiction. Yes. Never that was mind. out of... If you go ages and ages back and read the official gift giving, the, the wedding presents to the Empress did end up being canon. They just that was didn't it. actually matter that they were canon. I mean, it's not like it's something that affected long term, but it was canon, what, it, what you wrote up there. And that was one of the very, 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 very few things that they added into that, which that fiction is mostly, when you look at that, that's mostly verbatim what the clan representative said or wrote or did when, they, when he or she was giving the present. But yes, they also had Nizen throw in the bucket. So that, yeah. Anyhow. It was part of a package deal. Yes. So the Winter Court from the CCG point of view is, I guess what they're calling everything that isn't Kote season. Technically, I guess Gen Con, the way this is written up, counts as part of Winter Court, but we're going to ignore that. We're also going to ignore Euro Champs or Worlds. I don't remember which is which this oh, year. Worlds. Oh, see, I, but, I thought everything but those two in Kote season was Winter Court. But basically, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so you've got it, it's yeah anything that happens from July through December, I guess, is Winter Court, yeah. or August through December, because the probably... It's going to, well, you'll have until the end of July again to, no, no, that's not, no, sorry. July 30th is when they announce them. You have until July 15th to put in your winter court applications if you want to be a TO, so you're probably out of luck by the time you listen to this, but you can still pay attention anyway. It includes some just stronghold store level tournaments. There's going to be a global storyline tournament, all the, for everybody, I think there's a level five GST or something like that. It includes the jeweled champion events, including on October 27th, we will be running the the first, I think the Ivory Champs is now going to be a recurring one, and this year we are doing that in Atlanta. The Ivory Championships, when they had it last time, was Euro Champs, so now it's just in line with the usual test of the Emerald Champion, other, test of the Jade Champions. Yeah, the, all the jewels, yes. Yeah. So Ivory, <clears throat> congratulations, is now a jewel. <laughs> well, oh, come on, turquoise was a jewel. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, they're not being literal about this jewel thing. The other, I think, probably the thing that people most think of, in addition to those, which are already locked, who the TOs on those are going to be, but the application things are for the name of card and winner's choice tournaments. And there's going to be something like 20 name of card and 20 winner's choice tournaments. The name of card tournaments are what you'd think they are. It's going to be a specific card type for each particular tournament, and you get to be name an event or name a personality or name a, a celestial. So, for example, if you were going to name a personality, I think Katsuki Daramir, excellent, excellent option. And he probably won't hit you with a death laser at that point. <laughs> uh, is the death laser at CSI? I don't have a sense of humor. Is the death laser thing actually funny, or when he does it like the seventh time, is no. it just done? Okay. It wasn't I, I thought the first. we were kind I of. Apologize, I apologize, but it was not I, funny. Yeah, first. I, I thought we were no. past any humor value at all to, to the death laser concept, but okay, I was right about that. Good. Yeah, yeah, obviously we were. That's why I keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Chris, you have to understand if a joke isn't funny at first, if you keep it up, it becomes a running joke. No, well, it becomes a meme. Yeah. And then you can kind of backdoor right. into funny. No, no, you never not go that you've funny. actually done that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it ever gets funny. It just becomes a running joke. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the other thing, the winner's choice tournaments are the Saga of Heroes. And the Saga of Heroes for what the winner's choice is this time is you get to pick a currently living legal personality. 
and they're going to find out what happened to a hero of Celestial Edition, and then the Turquoise Champion is going to write a, a, a grand story. No, it's going to be more than a haiku about them. And so you have a list of five hero personalities for each of the clans, and those are the, including five for Unaligned. And then to those are the ones you get to pick from. So you guys have more uh, to to play for this time. Well, I have to wonder, course. since there's the list of five, is it going to be like, uh, oh, what was that set ages ago, where once you had exhausted your list, you could start picking off other ones? <sighs> You're thinking Test of Enlightenment. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, I don't know. Or and are they there, gonna... are, there are only 20 of these. Oh, wow. Test of Enlightenment was, you know, a 50-some tournament season and there were six choices for each clan well if i remember correctly wasn't it kote season one year and then for the first half there were six the second half there were a new six or was in the same i cannot remember anymore i'd have to go back and look yeah and i go to jade hands tournament record that's not really promptly updated anymore i think life has overtaken him but the old stuff stuff is is still there yeah the sort of problem i have it when i looked at that and it, it may depend it doesn't say if you don't pick these people, you're not going to find out. So maybe it'll be that we'll find out what happened to some of these people. We just won't get a big long nice fiction, fiction about yeah. it. But if that's not the case, this is silly. There are some people on this list that it is ridiculous that if if, if it's actually the case that we're not going to find out to what happened to these people unless somebody won the tournament. It includes the bearers of the obsidian hand and the jade hand, Benica yeah. and Kensho in. It includes multiple Phoenix uh, elemental yeah, masters. Yeah, two elemental masters. When I think, I, well, and Barry seemed like the most relevant. And there are some of them where it's a big person, and and maybe the elemental masters fall into this. Like, is there what what else is there to tell about a Chai's story? I mean, a lot of these we've got this big twenty-five long year for a lot of these people. They've had a big, long story. There wasn't really any hanging thread. Like, one of the crab ones is Hida Benjiro. I am sure that they'd like to see, the crab players would like to see another fiction with Hida Benjiro in it. Yeah, because he's awesome. But he had this big career. He was this big, successful general. The war is over. He won. Really, the rest of his story is he gets a little older, and then he retires, and then... He may or may not have died by now. And that's all. There's nothing hanging with that story that you need something else to finish. And there are people on here. I don't even recognize who the person is. Yeah. But, or maybe it's, okay, it's, oh, it's that card. But. Right. I mean, like, going back to the Phoenix, one of them is like, oh, it's that Phoenix card that made you lose to honor. Did they actually have any story? I don't. I just remember them yeah, dinging you for two. I like the card. That, that can be fine, but let's see what Yoritomo Utamaro. But just, um, uh, what I did? I would like to know what he actually did as treasurer. Right. Did anything happen because of this? And we shouldn't not find out what happened with him because nobody wins and picks him. Well, well I, I just mean to bring up that one that it's there's this vast discrepancy of. But between Kukidin and Barry of Kukidin's story, I could take or leave. It would be cool to get, see some yeah. like wrap-up fiction about them, but either way. Whereas Barry, I want to know. This is the type of story prize that I, I also have a problem with on a different level, which is... It's so, going to be unbalanced? 
Yeah, well, yeah. because if, you know, if it's... How is that different from every story prod? That is entirely the case, but yeah, so if, you know, if I'm playing Spider, if I'm playing Crane, and we're just not doing that well, so we don't manage to take one of these, we don't get anything. And one of the worst ways to get your disenfranchised, not disenfranchised, but players where your plans are not doing as well, not performing as well, is to then not give them story as well. But they do give you story. You just don't get this no, story. You just right. get some other story. Right, but you don't get as much. You, you, I don't. To me, I would want to bring... I mean, in theory, I, I, that stuff, they try to balance that stuff out. I don't think it entirely gets balanced out, especially... If it's something like, I mean, the Kote fictions aren't going to get balanced out. Those are like, no, they're right. just, you're just, you're not, right. but, but you're not, on the other hand, those fictions aren't, as weird as it is, most of those fictions are going to be fictions where nothing happens. They're, as far as the plot True. goes, they're going to be fictions where there's some little interesting vignette and you end up with your spot on the map, but it's not like that for, and for most of them, some of them it is, where it's going to necessarily get woven into a greater, whole it's it's not like there's not going to be crane clan plot going on because of them not winning a storyline tournament you guys have two cities right in i i guess in the ivory kingdom does, so, does know, the man so, just own one of the lands around one of them well we'll see <laughs> if that actually matters does, yeah. i think How that, that, that one out? probably will come up in story because you guys are having your yeah our big them. random feud yeah but I think the... Look, they just randomly paired everyone off. That was how the dice went. I, it's what it feels like. Yeah. I don't, well, no, that, that, that fight makes sense. That fight completely makes sense. The crab For the economic to, powerhouse? Yeah, because like, yeah, you've got economic tensions. Yeah, as, as I said, poor, poor Mike here has not listened to the wit and wisdom of Strange <laughs> Assembly episode 56 yet, where we talk about some of this stuff. But they... That's that's is a reason why people fight. The crane and the mantis are completely opposed to each other in the way they view. The mantis could care less, for the most part. You know, the Kitsune definitely do. I mean, the the Yoritomo, the ones who are in charge of the mantis, could care less about all the things that you care about as a crane. Right. They don't want to you prancing around with your swords and your pretty clothes and your flower arranging and right. they don't care about that. You don't care about the stuff that they care about. It, you know, they look down on you because you are good at stuff they don't care about. You look down on them because they're not us. Waiting, yeah, <laughs> they, they they don't live up to the we defined how Rokugane society works crane image of of things. And you're at loggerheads economically because clearly you guys were not paying attention when they were a minor clan and you were capable of just swatting them, them like yes. an economic bug. Well, if our I could have sworn that the crane employed them several times. Yes. Yeah. Starting in the clan war. Yeah. You kept hiring yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, I I, I kind of would like to see some of that economic stuff transfer a little bit more over to crane. Not like a whole lot. Just, I mean, there's stuff about the wars, but you don't hear about the economy of the crane. You just hear, oh, they're going at it. You know, they just don't like it. But we've gotten one fiction about it so far. I don't know how much you're going to. And we did hear stuff about the economics of it in the. In the fiction, they actually had. I was like, Mike here has joined Kevin in the. I'm not bothering to read the stories <laughs> anymore. And basically, the way it kicks off is, as we saw a little bit of in the the flavor text, is the crane, the the mantis, one need to go up the road to get to the second city, and they're like, well, when you park your boats here at at Twin Fork City, 
you're lying. You're a bunch of liars who are lying about what's in your boats. And you're so, lying liars actually, who they, lie. And so we're going to increase tariffs on you because we just have to assume that you're lying. And the Mantis think that they've got a hotshot duelist who can defeat this courtier who's making this comment, and they're a little... They shouldn't be surprised, the but they're yes. yeah, but they're a little surprised. But like the, the classic the, tradition the, of uh, the, the crane who is in charge of the entire city, like the big high level guy, comes out and he's like, "Yep, that's right, I'm the champion." Cuts him down, and then and then at that, they, it was just a fight about one boat, and then right. and then having won that, says Nerford is now proven that you were in fact that you were in fact lying, lying. about what's on your boat because that is how and legal system works. And yeah, and you know what? I'm I think that's true of all Mantis captains. So. Anybody who'd like to uh, dispute that can feel free to come talk to me about that. Oh yes, the classic crane uh, legal position. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and then, and then the mantis start basically doing ambushes of of crane and sinking the boats so that people would know it. Well, it's it it's one of those things the iajutsu and it and it can come up like if you get into something like the play by post. In some sort of semi-real scenario, you can't really whack people with the Iajutsu stuff too much. There's a reason why that is not ever a rigid reality in in the actual world. If you had some sort of situation where one group was always better at some particular activity, and that was the official way of adjudicating disputes, either... It's either well, it's the Th- real those world. Those people would it's find the, some poison in their well, cup. Yeah, it, it's it's the real world, so it's not like this artificial thing where one clan is always the best at it. Not it's not what happens in real life. No. Well, or, also, even like the best duelist in the world can still lose because. Well, yeah, or or like Jay was saying, you just ignore it. Like I, we're just not going to accept that. You can. Yeah, Kakuta Toshimoko, he's sick today. You're going to have to bring in. Uh, yeah, yeah, somebody. Somebody he yeah, some stabs bad, him in the back. He he ate some bad sushi. I no, I mean I understand that, but the whole point one of the whole points to this the setting is that tradition is supposed to be that bear on your shoulder. I mean it's supposed to be that thing you cannot escape. Yes, but again, there's a reason why you can't just omnipresent to prove that because right, especially if you're outside the context of the official storyline and you're just in your own role playing thing. If you walk into a group let's say you're the crane delegation you've got the best duelist in the city on your side that theoretically just lets you walk around doing anything Anything you you want want. no no i agree i mean there is absolutely nothing you can't do because you can always be like nope call my champion ha 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 i win i no no i'm pretty sure that is your signature signing away your (laughs) family's ancestral cuden to me oh oh, you say it's not oh (laughs) oh Guess it was. I suppose I'll take over your clan's territory now. I, you know that. Yeah. When you just look at the way the system is formally set up and it was strictly followed, there's nothing, nothing that prevents it. you from doing that other than somebody else coming in who's better at it than you are. Right. I, so as long as you're the guy on the top, and that doesn't happen because if 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 you try to actually one, it doesn't happen in the story because it would make a stupid story. story. But when you get into a more informal setting, you kind of have to rely on players not doing well, that. And the, the, I mean, there is something to be said for, yes, there's tradition, but people as strong as they are behind tradition, I mean, part of the mantis is that they're, they're not Flaunt. superdition. Yeah. Flaunt tradition. Um, 
the other problem is, yeah, like you said, if if it's really that broken, you're just gonna not do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, great. You dueled down like half our delegation. We're now going to go take over your lands. Yeah, yeah. It's I believe the right. lion were trying to do that for about a thousand years. Well, yeah. So. You do the yeah. Shinjo Shono move. Uh, duel this arrow. Yeah, you just, I refuse yeah. to duel you. I just kill you. Have a nice day. Yeah. You're dishonorable. Yep. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. I, good lord, how do we get into that? Oh, but. <laughs> so just the, the, no, no, I know how we got into that. You don't have to explain how we got into that. That'll okay, just take oh, a few more seconds. Like, we say just the in explaining. Sometimes the seemingly inequity of more getting, the winners getting more. But I, I understand your point. Well, I don't know how you get rid of that either. No, I, no, no, like, and, no. It's yeah. just an it's an inherent thing. But you want people to have some reason to win, so you can't get rid. of Yeah, that's the whole point. But I, I don't know. So I guess my point is, I I will be seriously disappointed if I don't get to find out what happened to Tamago. Right. I yeah. don't get to find out what Seppun Tashimi. I don't get to find out with Moto Jinsan because those aren't picked. Also. Because I'm biased, I think the single most important person on here for someone to pick is Miramoto, is Miramoto Hijatsu, because if he is not a guy who's going to get some big cool story, I mean, clearly these people are not going to get a big cool story if they are not picked, and if the story team does not do some big cool story at some point with Miramoto Hijatsu, that will amount to basically the biggest that's Failure. completely hyperbole. I was going to say the biggest fail on the... Uh, it, I mean, but clearly that's one character, so it can't possibly be the biggest fail well, on anyone. The, but the like, biggest like, waste of potential of a single yeah, character. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of look back at that, and you actually you created an RPG character that people, which almost never happens, that you create someone who only existed in the RPG, and then people over in the broader CCG world like this personality and get excited about this personality, and you just never put them in your story. And yes, yes, Sean, Fred, no, I don't know if Sean listened to this, Fred, yeah, I know, I know, you gave him as the temptation prize. Okay, now think about that for a second, and then think about how that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, right, because we were going to take a temptation prize, sure. Okay, so we should have turned out, we turned out the temptation prize, so I get it, we're not going to see him defeating not Toshimoko, nor Toshi. Eyepatch. Sure. And, but... Yar. I, why did that not get used? Why? I mean, it's it's another one of these. Uh, I don't know, right? Character falling by the wayside. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Anyhow, so I, I think the weeping angels got to him because <laughs> they would, when you touch, yeah. you steal your potential. Yep. Saint got sent back in time. Yep. Which was dumb. Sorry. Yes, it was. Doctor hilariously dumb. Yes. I think I liked that better when it was just the one episode about them than yes. when they were like in the big multi-part movie. When it was the super, movie. super creepy episode instead of just, yeah. That's like they spent were, the they were only in, I thought the one, I mean, besides that one, I thought they were in the one uh, towards the end of like season one, not season one, but the first season with, uh, with Smith, with, yeah, yeah. Smith is the doctor. Yes. That's the one we're referring to. Yes. Oh, where it killed a lot of their mystique. Are they airing seven yet? I've seen through six. Okay. I think it starts in August, Very September. Soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so does leverage. Yes. Leverage. What are we even talking about anymore? <laughs> I would bring leverage into any conversation I can. And I'm you sorry. just did. Yes. Well, now let's talk about some actual cards at 
Gen Con this year, as always, there will be a promo pack handed out. If you're going to be at Gen Con, you can go on right now and pre-order a package that will include a copy of the promo pack. We'll also include a t-shirt and, I believe, 10 boosters of Embers at War. In addition to that, if you play in the main event or the second chance at Gen Con, you will just get a copy of the promo pack. This does not include the 10K car. You have to come to the celebration thing on Saturday night at Gen Con for that copy of the 10K card. If you're not going to be a Gen Con Euro Champs this year, then the promo pack is usually part of the... Oh, the holiday, holiday pack, pack at the end of the year. and Or is available for sales individually yeah, near yeah. the end of the year. And they're not legal until December. So we basically have no earthly clue whatsoever what the environment that these cards are being deployed is going to look like. But by <laughs> God, that's not going to stop us from talking about them. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it going to be one set or two sets? Because I guess there's going to be another one after Seeds. Well, there's going to be... Because Seeds is September. Yeah. Right? Seeds is September... I don't know anymore. So that would put December typically, but I wonder if they're well, going to push I, that off to January. Yeah, no, isn't it usually January? Yeah, I think just the next set Coke would be, yeah. Next year. Well, the whole thing got <laughs> thrown off, though. But we're back on the normal yeah, sort of yeah, schedule, yeah. so I think that normally the next set, I mean, because you, I'd say you can't, but I mean, they can. But normally, I, I don't think, if you had a set come out in September or is September when Potomac was, or whoever, the, or the yeah. distributor catalog? Okay, so September will be Seeds. I'm pretty sure referring to it when he was talking about TSE, too. And then you want to have a new uh, set come out to be legal for Kote season. But I don't think you can squeeze another one in there. So I would think that True. Seeds, we'll have Shadows Embrace, and we'll have Seeds, and we'll have some other promos in Honestly, there. Yeah, they can probably take a little while in the next one. Yes, please do not release an expansion between <laughs> Seeds and the one that you release in 2013, <laughs> right before Gote season. But anyhow, so we'll just go through them in official AEG order. And you're giving me a funny look, no, Mike? Okay. No, no. Okay. That's just how he looks. Official yeah. AEG order it's is... very weird. Is the, I mean, it's the way that they, <laughs> they sort the, the number of right, cards. Right. So uh, there's one Celestial... Sutengu's blessing. Sutengu is the god of the oceans. And he's playing with a toy boat. Sure. <laughs> he gives somebody naval, although unlike all the other ones like this, it's not a come into play, somebody gets naval, it's limited, somebody gets naval. Once per game. Right. So, Which, well, yeah. well, all this card is in play, so basically the same thing, yeah, but it, it not the right. same, mostly. Right, but it's nice that it's not, oh, I flip it first turn or second turn, I don't have a guy, I lose that bonus. Yeah, and then he's got the same discard ability as the Fortune of Travel, which is, I think it's the same one. You move a guy into the battle. Who, if he then, would be opposed, and, then, and straight yeah, move. Yeah, straight move, he would be moved. So, Naval is really strong when you can just yeah. slap it on anybody. I, I think that girl should play. I think it will, although there's still the Perpetual Jurigens is really good. Reoceans is really yeah. good. Right, yeah, I mean, there's so much... Ryoshins and Bentons is what I almost always see play. Right, there's so much quality in the Celestials, and due to their nature, it's really, really hard to put too many in any single deck. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll see play. 
You've got uh, the first event is, or maybe the only event, is Tales of Valor. It's card draw. It lets you draw two cards at the end of the turn, so it's sort of like Game of Dice, except it's a dynasty slot. But you don't get to draw the two cards if you've put another card in your hand in any other way. So if you've drawn a card, if you've pulled a card out of your discard pile into your hand or anything like that, you don't get to draw another one. I've seen some people go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is a card that you have to put in every single deck. They're mistaken. I, I think this will see as much play as Glimpse of the Unicorn did. Well, which is to say there will be people who will play it of the trade-up of Dynasty for Fate, but for the most part, it's not worth it, especially with the delay. I'd say Even Enlightenment, because Enlightenment really wants card draw, but what Enlightenment deck worth its salt isn't Right. Putting cards some other in. card right. draw. Yeah. If it weren't for that restriction, it would go in Enlightenment. Nobody else cares enough about the delayed card draw to I, really see it. You, you've got... Well, the, the thing is, you've, you've got Second City Dojo, and you've got especially T-Ped, because Traveling Peddler is going to be in every single deck. You, you can choose not to use T-Ped, obviously. Yeah. But you still have it there, and you'd rather have... I think most times I would rather have one card ahead of a battle than two cards at the end of a turn. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's yeah, what I although the option you have is spend nothing, get two cards later, spend five, get something now, or you just right. don't put Tales of Valor in your deck. Right. Well, it's, it's also, it's not just Enlightenment, it's any combo deck that would take that, I'm going to trade a Dynasty draw for two cards delayed. Has other has, card draw right, in it. Has so much other card draw that they're not going to want to, on a random turn, not trigger the yeah, card. Yeah, well, there's true. even enough card draw running around already. I, from Embers of War, I thought these were not going to see much play much but more. I've had, but but Scorpion's wall is finished and decision I've seen in quite a few sort of decks and speaking of seeing in in decks I'm going to tangent Mike but at least it's going to be within L5R hey. since we're not actually talking about what's been going on in the Embers of War environment we earlier this week I put up a collection of Embers of War deck lists of various decks that make the cut with links to the original sites where they were posted so you can meet see more discussion and I had like 33 decks. I really should have done in one two weeks ago instead of doing them all at once. It <laughs> took forever. So you can see in there a good amount of, well, I don't know, proportionally, it's still a small amount, but at least 33 different decks, including Death Priests has been doing much better than I thought it was. So I don't know. But the next event is The Wall is Breached, which is one of, I think five cards that have a linked set of art that's some little story where you've got like Kino Oni coming out of the wall and then you've got the wall is breached and then you've got Close the Gap, I think is another one in there. The wall is breached when it resolves you have the option of destroying that province to destroy a unit. I... Maybe out of military, maybe to get just get rid of one of their. I don't. I don't think it'll see play. I mean, because it's a May, I I could see it. I I, I don't. I, I just yeah. It's a really strong effect. I just don't know what decks would play it. Since it's a May, I'd almost be tempted to put it in like a dishonored deck or an honored deck, simply because it's really hard to get good unit kill in those types of decks. But True. the fact that you're losing a province ugh, makes that really sketchy. So uh, yeah, sadly enough, the, the the sort of thing that I thought the most struck me about this is the sort of disjoint between the flavor text and the ability. Because the flavor text 
is all about oh we're the scorpion we'll show them what it means to be scorpion and stop you know even the oni will fear the scorpion but when you look at the ability what so the ability is your province is getting destroyed and then some other guys people are getting killed which is much more reminiscent of that fiction that we saw what no 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 not that we saw a fiction earlier in the arc where the scorpion kind of deliberately let some oni out of the wall so that they could kill someone that they wanted that the scorpion wanted dead and that's what the ability feels like to me yeah well is not what anything else about the card is saying but that's what the ability feels like to me i don't know yeah uh Charter of the Legion of 2000 is a singular holding for three. No gold production, but it, as a limited, and still, remember guys, it still comes into play bowed as a, and it's not like the... Well, what does it matter the, that it comes into play bowed? Oh, are you, you going to beg a pan coup? Oh, I don't know. I guess it's a limited, no, so it doesn't uh, matter. But you can't yeah. use it right away. But that's, I keep thinking... But it's a limited, well, so you can Well, yeah, I know, but I was, I'm thinking in terms of, the, I guess, the last... The last what was the last non-gold producing holding we got? The Dark Fire, the Oracle of Dark yes, Fire. That would where straighten he, just, himself. he straightened himself, yeah. but he was a battle, so it mattered that he straightened himself. But it's it's limited bow it create a two two spud. Right. Right. But you can't plans within plans if that first turn it drops. Yes, you also can't do that because you're not putting plans within plans in your deck. Come on. Uh half I mean, the decks that put Charter of Legion of two thousand in will put plans within plans in. It's obviously like Lion Ronin. I don't know. Uh, I'm. I would put that intention in a heartbeat. Having some spud that I can shove the my dying henchin on top of. Or spuds generally can be not shabby. Yeah. If you contrast that with recruitment officer, which I don't know how good of a contrast. I mean, obviously recruitment officer can be gold, but recruitment officer, you have the option of foregoing the gold to temporarily get a guy. With this, you have to forego the gold that it would produce, but you get a permanent guy. I think it's got the possibility really strong. It's also got some nifty storyline stuff. And it's, it's Charter of the Legion of 2000, and if you look at the art, it's got guy the reading the charter. charter. style. Yes, yes, like the old Charter, although I think the old Charters, those ones that blew themselves up, if something... I think they, yeah, I think they did have suicide This doesn't blow cord. itself on any, yeah. yeah. This does not have a seppuku clause, but it, it's storyline, it talks about the Legion of 2000 is being, in some ways, in, they're an extension of the Imperial Legions now, and, and again, which kind of, like, I, I mentioned the last thing, like, you've got to tell us what happened with Tomago, and this should be part of it, like, what happens with the Legion of 2000, because that was another... That was one of those story things that was kind of flitting around for the last several years, which kept being... Uh, and I, I, I speak for all of us, and I think a lot of people, when I'm saying, like, story team, please just tell us what is happening sometimes. That was one of the things that kept going on. Clearly, there was something going on. We kept seeing hints about it with the Legion of 2000 and right. this army that, that Tomago is putting together. And then it, it never really kind of went anywhere, and it never really... They came out and said what really was fully going on, what the point of it all was, what the... Just tell us. Maybe we're finally going to find out years after the fact, by the time, you know, by the time this, th- these stories come out, or maybe not, find out at all we'll what was know. going on with those. That's the sort of thing. Like, 
when something of note happens in the Empire that affects, you know, things on a, on a semi-large scale, I just want to see a fiction that says what happened. Yeah. I don't want to have to guess at what's happening. I don't want to have to try to deduce it from flavor text. There's no real literary or storytelling purpose to being coy about stuff like this for so long. It's one thing if it's you're developing something over the course of a two-part fiction. Right, to be coy right, at the beginning or, and not or tell you something. Or the Hideshi story end, where part of the point is that, well, I guess pretty early on you know that, but I think right at the beginning you don't necessarily know what's going on. You know way before the character knows what's going on. But, I don't know. Another holding is Plantation, which is a two-for-two two holding that increases the, the gold production of your stronghold, but not for the purposes of buying personalities. So, and not above five, so unicorn and, and palaces five. aren't going to run it. Yeah, yeah. So no buying it in unicorn and then buying a six-gold holding. Muhaha. Lion get, can get the most out of it because they can get two boosts to yes. their stronghold. And then they can buy silkworks. Yes, uh, except no. Because, you know, that's a great uh, gold scheme for Lion. Plantation silk and Silkworks, yeah. Yeah, I'm You can not, buy that farm the less you go for it, fish for another farm. I'm not sure what to think about this one. On the one hand, you really cannot discount anything that randomly increases gold production elsewhere. So it is going to be how often does it matter that my stronghold makes five? Instead of, and, and it's, it's mostly going to be for, for most decks for attachments. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, it's, it's not the Yasuki Palaces, you have it for the whole game, you can count on it. You can't build your gold scheme hoping to get a plantation. Yeah, so I, yeah. So you cannot, yeah, you cannot do things like, we were talking about the unicorn, I, you cannot have a lion deck, I don't think, put three plantations in it, and then put four gold holdings. No. No, no, just no. don't. I mean, you could do that, but that's a horrible Hey, they've that, got peace. That's a you, bad plan. You, you could do that, and then you could also put uh, one Koku's in the fate side, and then you can um, get laughed at horribly for making such a hilariously bad deck. Well, functions for those cards. Yeah, one Koku gets played. I'm not saying one Koku's a bad card. I'm saying putting one Koku in so for you can... For that purpose. Right, yeah. for that purpose of buying... The problem isn't that you put the one Koku in, the problem is that you put the four gold holding in. Exactly. Yeah. And that you're putting the one Koku in to kind of justify that. Yeah. The the other but the, the the other sort of obvious stronghold that you get a lot out of when you do this, other than just randomly paying five to help buy a, an eight gold weapon, is Kalani's Landing. And Kalani's Landing already has so many ways to generate a lot of money, but you drop out of plantation, now you get five every time you're your stronghold on battle. So that... The, the, honestly, the problem with plantation is only one thing. It's just there's so many good holdings. Yes. And we continue, if you've been, again, if you've been on the website looking at the, uh, on the cheap decks, we are continuing the tradition of packing really good holdings as promos. If you yeah. look at commons and uncommon in the set, like, it's so barren. It's all the good holdings are promos, I swear. Yep. Or no, in the direct or player sets. Th that's not true. Some of them are rare. Traveling Peddler's rare. <laughs> Speaking of what seemed like really good holdings, Retired Sensei... Every Lion deck, please, yes? I, I don't know about even Lion, but it, it's, it costs three, produces two, 
but then has battle, give one of your guys plus two force, and the battle ability works when it's bowed. Now remember that Heavy Infantry Dojo has gotten played as a, and now it's a four for three, that's much, much better than a three for two, but you have to bow it for the battle ability of giving somebody plus two fours. Yep. The gold puts it in a really weird place. I, I think because realistically most decks are either going to run this or like recruitment officer. Yeah, or this, yeah the retired sensei is competing with for non-lion decks, it is competing with four gold holding. Right. And I honestly I think the um the three for two means you're gonna have to buy it as your four, which throws off potentially your entire gold scheme, or you're gonna have to change your gold scheme. Which is just not too much of an option for most. It's I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's not gonna go see play. I just it, it, it's for Lion, absolutely. Uh, for Ronin, absolutely. Poor Ronin. Their box is so bad. Yep. The aforementioned Key No Oni, who's six one and has battle reaction, either as a battle action or just a reaction to be targeted. He blows up and becomes three, two fours Oni. You're probably not going to kill him the first time you target no. him. Yep. So yeah, he costs six for six. So we've played. I've been playing some Oni decks. Being able to just spawn out like that does not suck. No. Right. I, I wonder if the promo pack is going to include his tokens. No. I bet it will. I bet his tokens will be in Seeds of Decay. Probably. Yeah. That's my bet. Seppin Ichigo, Sapun Ichigo, whatever. I think this is part of the sort of Legion of 2000 section of the pack is a 2-2 two, two for 3 unaligned guy who gets plus 1 force for each dojo. I think we can just say no on Yeah, that. I mean, even if it's... Well, come on. Uh, my dojo, old dojo gold scheme <laughs> would make him uh, like 24th, right? No, uh, yeah, no. You don't want to buy all that many holdings in the Blitz decent number so, of dojos, but blank force still is just a well, hard I sell. Mean, Blitz is the only Blitz thing that's really... Blitz is the place you go to, but they seem like they have better op- enough options, and he doesn't have access and to any... And he's got a zero honor requirement, which doesn't help things. You, oh, well, that's, you know, your Lion Blitz deck is probably, probably not going to care about that. To, to meet that. Now, Sapun Rutisharu, who, uh, the for those of you who are wondering, the call-out to Letitia on the side of that, she works at the AEG offices and does all sorts of stuff for them. So this is the current Imperial Treasurer. That's what we know about Udamaro, right? Not Imperial <laughs> Treasurer anymore. She's shown up in she's actually shown up in, in fiction too already. But she costs two. She's unaligned, obviously. And she increases the gold production of all of your holdings. As a unique. Yes, and she's a unique. Is there a what is there a deck what deck don't you put her in? Blitz, I guess. On turn one, the sort of worst time you could buy her is she's co- just costing your bamboo harvesters. And, yeah, yeah, you 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 buy a four gold holding, you buy her. At the very least, you've got your border keep and the other holding that you bought that she now increases the production of. Best case scenario, you or, or not even best case, but just n- generic sort of scenario. Let's say you're going second. God, God help you. You're going second. So you've got Bamboo Harvesters. You've got Border Keep. On your first turn, you buy a two gold holding and a four gold holding. You now have four holdings out. On turn two, you buy her first. 
Yeah. Yes. So you spent your bamboo harvesters, and now you get an extra three gold to spend that turn. Now it's broken up differently, so it may or may not work out as well, or it may work out better, it may work out worse. Right. I mean, and that's just that turn. I. I mean, it'd be great for my deck. I'm f- always have problems of all my gold makes two, except makes even numbers, except for silver mine. All my guys cost odd numbers. She's extremely yeah. good. Just think of her as a nice holding. And you're, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she's in clan Yashinko ridiculous, but uh, pretty ridiculous. Yeah. There's a not actually a Naga or a Rattling, even though there's an apostrophe in the name. Sorry. Tescus. Make your honorary. I think it's a dude, not a her. But 3-3 three, three for 6 unaligned Ningyo, so it's a non-human Shugenja. Counts the Pearl, has battle bow an enemy card. It'll fit right into that Pearl deck you've been building. Well, it, it's not a Naga, but there's a call out to the dark. But they are the Ningyo... Aren't they like an offshoot of the Naga? In the yeah, dis- well, yeah. dis- well, dis- he took them over, too. The Ningyo are in there, too. So he fits in the non-human, non-Shadowlands. Yeah. Is what you're building that, where the pearl does matter because yes. you've got lots of non-human Shigenja and lots of curls with the pearl keyword. But he's also just, for, for that deck, I'd gladly trade in all those guys who are three threes for effectively three that are just blank for somebody who's a three three with a really Real good, battle a good yeah, battle yeah, ability. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got Quicksand, which. Wow. I know it's a region, and it only works at the one battlefield, so that's always a limitation, but battle destroy target unit, as long as it doesn't have a follower, is really strong. I remember being vexed by Oni Daikyu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Because, and, and I know that I uh, vexed people who had followers on their units when I Yarijutsu'd them. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's really, like, yeah, like, my... You know, this is why dueling is good, because it can blow up a unit. Yeah. I gotta think that's gonna get... And, yeah, and, it, and, like, it only works at that battlefield, but it actually helps save the province. So, yeah. yeah. if it's a military deck, they're gonna have to deal with it at some point. Now, I mean, it gets Presumably the, someone still has to show up. Yes, you do have to have a defender. I guess, yeah, they can try to take it unopposed. And it's got the perpetual problem. You don't know when it's going to show up. There's only so many slots for events and regions. And and I think regions are, are, are going to have their hate continued with like the low market blitz enabling and the second city that everybody runs anyways. Yeah, yeah. You're, there's a, a reasonable chance that there's going to be a region around for you to, to toast. And you've got meta already that hits regions and other things. Right. So, because I mean, nobody would play a card if it was just destroy target region. I mean, when has that gotten played? When you had the region that was yeah, destroyed, yeah. the destroyed target region? And that was primarily because it was in the height of Kowal. Yeah. There's the Treasure Hunter. One of the few cards I was not terribly impressed with this. It's a 2-2. Two, two, it's a, sorry, it's a 2 force follower for 2. And after you take a province with him, you can blow him up to turn him into a 2-2 two, two holding. Yeah. I would much rather go the other way. The one suggestion I've seen for this is that you do something like put him in your blitz deck, and then after you've used it to blitz down the first couple of provinces, then you Use him turn to him to into stabilize. a holding to try to stabilize. Although it's 
it's not like you get it that turn. Although it would be, it could actually be really good if you if you got to use the holding that turn because you yeah. could pay two, buy the guy, take the province, and then get your two gold back to spend again at the dynasty phase anyway. Uh, I, I don't don't see that whole. Uh, there's six ring sword because we're now we're just gonna get swamped under apparently by four force six gold weapons. This one's plus four fours, plus one chi, three focus value. It can't be destroyed or no once per turn it can't, can't be, be destroyed. destroyed is is that a reaction or a trait trait a trait so that it that's a they can't inexorable it yeah and it's an effect from a card so if it's going to be destroyed by something that's not an action it could actually be i don't know when that would come up but battle resolution but there's no because that's not an effect from a card but again oh, the no. weapon the weapon slot is so loaded up already yeah and except for wanting to get that eighth force, gift armor is a three for four that's got a better ability if you're not you know playing the weapon deck. And if I'm dragging Kensai, isn't the whole point that I can buy my weapons back anyway? Right. Yeah. On the, the bright side, this is the six ring sword with the rings actually on the correct <laughs> side <laughs> sword because that art was dumb. Wait, you're not supposed to use the rings for to make you the sword a bludgeoning instrument? <laughs> <laughs> no, no you're not. Jade Embrace, I'm happy to see something that seems decent for Tamori, although it doesn't say gain two honor, so who knows. Free spell, Jade spell, obviously. Bow the spell, you remove an ability from an enemy personality. So if you're not an Earth Shugenja, that's all it does, so you're never going to play it. But if you're an Earth Shugenja, it also zeroes out their force. And then if it's an Oni, you destroy the card, the Oni and the spell. So obviously that's very nasty against the Oni. But zeroing out somebody's force and removing ability doesn't suck. They can still right. perform stuff, but... Yeah. Right, but it's also difficult to get around zeroing out. There's a healthy amount of straighten or negation, bow negation and move negation. There's, There's a healthy amount of games of will. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about games order, of will. Tireless efforts. Yep. There's actually a pretty healthy. There is no way of well, getting of of unnegating the removal of the ability, which just doesn't suck. It's not as good as killing the guy, say, but it, I mean the ability is going to be gone if they've got the battle destroy your card or something like that. That is at least going to be out of there. It's not amazing. I just don't feel like the the Tamori just don't feel like they have much of anything. Although I guess something that seems decent isn't probably enough to kit them up there right. anyway. Sea and Sky to go along with Tiscus. Tiscus? Tiscus. The Ningyo, you've got him showing up on this. So you've, and this and this often happens in the promo packs. I think there's just a little bit more writ large with this, but you've got things paired together. You've got the Charter of the Legion of the 2000 and the guy who's reading the Charter. You've got You'd all the Scorpion and breached. his follower. <laughs> yes. But the Sea and Sky... Battle open, destroy the spell to destroy a region or terrain or permanently remove one of its traits or abilities. So, Not one, all of its traits and abilities. Okay, all of its traits or abilities. Uh, it matters. That could I mean, matter, but yeah. I mean, I think it's a if it's a terrain... I can actually I, see you using the remove traits and abilities more than anything, because unless yeah, I, I have I would, a terrain, I don't want you to be able to play another terrain. Oh yeah, in both and, of those instances, I'd rather your region, remove yeah, it. It's like, okay, your region does nothing, but it gums up that, just in case you were going to flip another one. Right. Why not? Uh, but yeah, and you can use it as an open, or you can use it as a battle, and it's another 
Pearl spell, and apparently they're gonna they're using thunder. So the mantis, the Ningyu are like, hey, we've been using this thunder stuff since way before you were human scum. Closing the gap, another unique. I hadn't really thought about, it, but I I think this is the the nasty one out of the fate side. Yeah. Close the gap. Yeah. After someone moves, move your guy. Yeah. Yes. Straighten his unit. It's gonna be so annoying. Yes. The movement has to be to the battlefield or to your home, so you can't jump away from the current battlefield to another battlefield. But right. they move their guy in. Yeah, people point out you can brave New World. Uh, but yeah, and... you, you can brave New World and then this. Yes. Well, you could also use it against somebody who brave New Worlds. True. Yeah. So, uh, but personalities are always moving. It is you can run away if you want to, but yeah, the the nasty thing is just okay. They use their battle action to move in to some unopposed thing, and oh God, thank you, I actually have a counter. Or reaction movement at all because you're not losing tempo is yeah, always yeah, good. Yeah, right. Hey, does it straighten? I can't remember. Yes, yes it yes straightens it does. the unit. You can also just use it as simple send negation. Home, yeah, send home negation. Yeah, uh, the I, worst the worst case scenario. Yeah, you send me set. home. Okay, no, I'm back here and I'm straight. Well, when's the trigger on it? After an action resolved, then move to personality to or from the current battlefield. Oh, so fantastic! So when I do the new, um, what's the dueling version of that card we used to play all the time in Celestial? The one that swaps the position of the two people and straightens them. <laughs> yeah. So I can play that and then that and then, whoop, look, both my guys are here. Yes, you could. Or, or you, you could just, just play move one your move guy in card. In. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, or they could use it against you. But it you. straightens both the units. True. Yes. But if you're doing it on your units, you want both of them. Yeah. Or, or if your opponent does that to mess with your units, then you can pull your other good like if they send away your good unit you could be like no no he's back there's a reason i started putting deep snows in my scout deck <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it'll work or not but i'm like you know what i just don't want people st i want people to stop freaking skipping the puddle into this battle yeah skipping the puddles not bad nope uh, imperial charter gives everybody a holding They get a holding, it produces two, it comes into you play get a straight. Holding, you get a holding, everybody gets a holding. Yeah, I mean, and I get to use it first, I guess, but... And you can't use it on your first turn. But... I've got to have something better to do with my fate deck than give both of us a holding. I feel like... I feel like that's yeah. a combo deck enabler. Right, I mean, it's, it's one of those cards where I, I feel like there are certain decks that will just love that. On turn two, yeah. I mean, to my mind, it's another one of those cards that lets you get away with even fewer holdings in the Dynasty, because you can get your economy out of the Fate deck. I don't know how viable those decks are, but I feel like they're... <sighs> but it's... If it, was, if it was just my economy, if it was right. put a holding into play, that would be ridiculous. Sure. But it's not. Which I... is why that card costs four gold. <laughs> yes. Or free, if you're playing it out of the right deck. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then, uh, let's see, Legendary Rivalry, Battle Open, Bow a Unique. There are, in fact, unique personalities everywhere. There yes. always are. And Open Bow, I really hear that's good. good, yeah. Yeah. Are we supposed to know who these personalities are? Yes. Um, one is the Dragon Duelist out of TSE. And I think the other one is the Khan. 
Con! I think they're both out of TSE. Oh, so that's the... the oh, so that was the Minhee and then the dragon personality who's got the anti-unicorn ability? It's, it isn't. It, yeah, because it removes their entire... No, yeah, it, 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 it's, you it's have the to, new magistrate. Yeah, yeah, you have to bow to use his ability oh, if they're unique. unique. Uh, well, you don't have to bow his, to use his ability generally, but you do have to bow to use his ability if the target is unique, unless the, the unique target is a unicorn, unicorn, and then you don't have to bow to use his ability. <laughs> right. Hilarious. So, well, yeah, I think the way it's phrased is if they're unicorn or non, it bows him unless they're not unique or a unicorn. unicorn. Yeah. Mm. But, okay, so that's, and that's because it, it's like really? It, his head. Well, that's the closest I could get. Well, it's a unit. Yeah, it's it's purpley. I guess that would great. So we do have a apparently a pitched battle between unicorn and dragon. But like the, the hair or something, I can't remember. That, something that about that the seems, head looks very close, seems, similar. Well, here's the thing. Like if this is depicting actual events, and that's Min He, dragon dude is dead. They're yeah. not letting some <laughs> random non-unique dragon schmuck kill the con. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. No. I, well, that they, would well, be if, awesome if they did. I mean, it, it could be, but they won't. Well, well, it's, you know, they won't. But how awesome would that be if they start letting puds kill names? Or if you just no, actually, they change that. Remember, or if you right. actually killed names, I, which of course you know, well, do, because do of course, a Game of Thrones style. Which is, well, the the problem everyone is everyone can die. Well, yeah, the the. The problem is that we all sit there and be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if blah, blah, blah happened until Pud kills Shiba Tsukimi and then you have a conniption fit or somebody... I mean, I would be upset kills if... Kills Satsu, kill I guess. Well, That's well, half if, the reason that dueling changes... Uh, dueling rule changed. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't even, like, official. It was just, we don't want your three, four, uh, three chi spud to be killing clan champions. We don't want your one chi duelist to win duels against the 87 chi guy. That's not cool, man. He was really... Yeah. Who... He was awesome. I was playing him. Do I few- have characters I would care about dying? I have a clan champion. I have Satsu. I like. I've, I've got my clan champion. A couple people hanging around from Celestial Edition, and well, I, mean, I would be upset I- if Tsukimi died to a pud with the current setup. But if that were a thing that would regularly happen, like a Game of Thrones, I mean, it would suck. Yes, but that wouldn't be like, oh my god, what the hell? Well, it's more of an impact though if it doesn't happen. I True. Mean- if name characters got killed all the time, well, part of the problem is it would be hard to make them name characters other than by giving them a title because it's not like a Game of Thrones where the guy can spend 800 pages of text. The story time just doesn't generate that much output and they have to spread it out a lot more. But, you know, you want to talk about surprise and stuff. Can you... My God! I mean, if they actually had something where just there was a duel and then the crane champion lost it and he died, uh, crane quit all at <laughs> once. <laughs> Wait, mass rage quit. If there was Unless a duel, there's some kind of very extenuating circumstances. There was a duel and the phoenix champion was blinded and there was some shenanigans involved. And well, poison. that was at least a clan on clan, I clan know, champion I'm... on clan champion. Yes, no, you're you're right. They. I mean, no, flip, any other clan quit. champion, people are going to be upset. If someone beats the crane clan champion at dueling in a story, unless it's another clan champion or someone very big, you've lost a player base. <laughs> I, I kind or at least anybody who would be playing that those cards. 
I kind of now want to see like Toshimoko do it. That would be awesome. I don't think he's around. No, he's been dead for <laughs> Yeah, but, decades and decades. But come on, uh, you've, you've seen Casada. That doesn't necessarily stop anyone. No, yeah, but I don't our, think I don't think the Gray Crane is going to be making yeah. a, although, a although we did get the we did get the minor fortune. It wasn't it wasn't him, but it was Hotaru. Uh, Hotori. Hotori. But that's a, a celestial, not a guy walking oh, true, around true. getting in fights with people. Well, hey, crab got him. But then yes, that's a crab gratitude. That, that was the whole. That twice, Asana Woe became a fortune and just started wandering around picking fights. Come on. Oh, no, Yakomo died and then wasn't really dead, too. Yeah. Crab are big on that. They just won't stay dead. Yes, I, bl- I, I, I believe that. Is, yeah, you killed is me, one whatever. Of their things. Although Yakomo seems to have. S- Stay dead. I, I, I do not think Yakomo is coming back while Sean is still in charge of the story team. <laughs> or Hitomi. What, that bald dude? Yes, that bald <laughs> dude. dude. The bald dude who was like going insane until the dragon players threw a conniption fist. <laughs> that one. Yes. <laughs> right, yes, that bald dude. That bald dude. <laughs> there have been a number of bald dudes, but that was the one we threw a conniption fit about. Yes. <laughs> through the breach... Limited, remove a non-gold-producing trader ability from a castle. Incredibly narrow meta. <laughs> yeah. Or limited, pay for, create a four-force personality. No. I, I don't, don't, well, the, don't yeah, the so four easily force. dismiss I'm, I'm just, well, a fake generally, you create that, a guy now. No, yeah. well, that'll see you playing Kalani. Kalani's landing, whatever Summerlin is building. Fair. Certain blood stacks would probably play it. I mean that. Three that's right. I I, I I was just thinking like like that's actually not bad. Just as a creating dudes in your limited phase instead of your dynasty phase is not awful. But that's right. It's a free. I mean, you have to lose the yes. honor, and so you have to actually not be playing too many mantis personalities because a lot of I, like half the mantis guys actually do have they honor have requirements. requirements yep. But but that's right. In Connie's landing, it's just like free dude. Yep. Yep. We need to give them more free stuff. I, mean, I don't know what you're complaining well, that, about. Well, that's the, uh, the the problem is that any action with a gold cost with a gold cost is probably better out of Kalani's landing than whatever you meant it to be in. Yep. Good job, design team. <laughs> uh, uh, this is why I got tired uh, of playing Kalani's also landing. Also, with this card, the flavor text on that, I hope somebody mocks up the art with Bender on it. <laughs> it will happen. Crush the humans. Yeah. It's not quite destroy all humans, but yeah. it's close enough that somebody should do it. Yeah, and that's that's. I'm looking at the, you, Summerlin. Through the breach, that's another one of those uh, those about five or so cards that were about the the breach and the scorpion wall, and that's kind of the shot from behind Kino Oni stomping in. So I guess that's some other Oni who's coming and and helping him. Uh, and then the final card is Wildfire, which is a War of Honor only card. Yeah, that's not true. I can play it in any deck I want to. I, I I like being left out of tournaments. Yes, you could stick a fork in your eye too, but we <laughs> just can assume that you're not. Look, I need more open non key host to drop Ring of Void. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna say metal in do. my eye. You uh, need more you... metal in my eye. <laughs> well that too. <laughs> Wildfire seems pretty good for War of Honor. War of Honor, yeah. So what did you do again? Gen- flip a, a fortress. Oh Kyle. yeah, that's right. Face up face or face down. Either one. way, yeah. Yeah, well yeah, and that's and that's reminder text, actually, because right. the rules just say you, you cannot flip, uh, flip the last fortress tile face down. 
Somebody plays War of Honor? There was that one guy. <laughs> There's that one tournament every year at Gen Con. Right. Yeah. There's that whole team that does it. That they manage to get people to... You know, I remember when War of Honor came out, and I was like super excited. I was like, oh, yes, there's going to be another format. I like the idea of having multiplayer. I, I liked playing War of Honor, but I don't like it as a tournament format. Mm-mm. Basically, it functioning as a tournament format relied on people not deliberately coming together in large teams before the tournament started to try to push the results one way or another, and obviously lost that possibility of restraint after the first one. So it's multiplayer random stuff, and so there's going to be king-making, and that's not great, but that's kind of inevitable. But right. I'm when not really prizes o- on the line, king well, making gets significantly more serious. Well, but but even then, but I'm I'm not really okay with sitting down at a tournament and having there be twelve guys at the tournament who are just going to team up on me if they ever end up at the same table. I do. Right. Maybe I'd feel differently about it if I was one of the twelve guys, but um, I'm not. So, well then, we've jibber jabbered enough. Yes, we have jibber-jabbered enough. If you only like the L5R section, thank you for listening to Strange Assembly. If you want to hear other stuff, there will be a review of Whiz War on the other side of the music. Bye-bye. This is Strange Assembly. I'm Chris Stevenson, and here today with me are... Jay Earl. Mike Cook. And we're reviewing Whiz War from Fantasy Flight Games. Now, this is a reprint re-imaging, as Fantasy Flight has been doing lately, and we'll just forewarn you, I believe Mike is the only one of us who had played prior versions, so for Jay and I, this is going to be... I never played the prior oh, version played of it? it? Okay. No. Okay, so it, this it's is... It's been out of print for forever. Yeah, but I think this is something like the sixth... I mean, it's it has it's had a lot of printings. The game has been yeah. out since the early 80s at least yeah Yeah. so but this version is from fantasy flight like we said and the concept of wiz war is that everybody is a wizard you have a war yes you have a communal stack of cards and you're running around on a little board of tunnels or i guess dungeons dungeon halls or something right and you have two treasures and you need to accumulate two points, and you get points by picking up an opponent's treasure, putting it back on your home base, or by killing someone. The way you do stuff is you can move three spaces on your turn, and you can play a bunch of cards from your hand, and you just have a communal deck of spells and items that you draw off of, and you get to draw another two a turn. So that's the sort of pace you can use them at without completely depleting your hand. I think that's the entirety of the basics of the game, really. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. You can only attack once. All the other spells have to be non-direct attack. Yeah. Did you mention the treasures are kind of spaced out? Sorry. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, there are treasures. Each player has a sort of home board that's five by five. It's two to four players. If you're playing with four players, then you'll have four boards, and so you'll have a ten by ten. It's sort of an L if you're playing with three players, and it's just two of the boards if you're playing with two. There are doors in the middle of each of those edges and you can Pac-Man around where applicable. So if it's a 4x4, four four, you can just go run out to the right, you come back in on the left, you run out to the top, you come back in on the bottom. If you're 
playing one of the other ones, then they add in some portals to move people around a little bit, like where you've got the L. Oh, all of them have portals. Oh, have you got the, okay, even in four-player there's portals, it's mm-hmm. not just entirely Pac-Man-y? And so they, they could have you, let you access as many of the opponent's players' boards as possible. Okay. Otherwise, like, if you're in top left, you're naturally going to go bottom left, bottom uh, Oh, you don't have any right. way to get to the bottom right. Okay, right. yeah. So, not that easily. So there's, what, there's two pairs of portals, so mm-hmm. in that case, then half of the doors would just be Pac-Man. Right. And half of them would be portals. Yeah. It is a very chaotic game. Mm-hmm. It is is definitely about dramatic things happening on card plays. So I, I would say that it is high on luck. It's definitely has tactical things to it. It seems like things are su- sufficiently random that strategy does not seem like something you'd be able to employ, but t- tactics definitely are things, something you can employ. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it, in fact that that's kind of one of the, I, I guess, downfalls of the game. I, like, I feel like a, with a few tweaks, well, you really couldn't probably add strategy, but the tactics could be much more, I guess, robust, robust, applicable. No, not applicable, not, but less the look of the draw, maybe. Right. Well, just specifically because you have energy, and energy is used for for two things: either for powering spells or for increasing movement. For powering spells, it's fine. So that means I'm, I can cast the spell as a regular, uh, you know, energy, uh, it, whatever it comes with it by default, one. So it might be, you know, the spell does damage equal to its energy. So it might just by default do one damage. Or uh, you can discard something with energy. So there's cards that are just energy, or and all, some of the cards have an energy symbol at the bottom, and those cards, instead of whatever other text they have, um, you can discard it, and whatever energy value it has replaces. So if you discard something that has a three, it's now that spell does three damage. Uh, but because there's such a wide variance, because there's energy cards with like six energy, one of the things that you can do during your turn, obviously, was uh, to discard a card with and move a number of spaces equal to its energy. So that, since they're five by five boards, that lets you just zip across the map. Yeah, and, and you usually can't just move in a straight line. I mean, it d- depends on what it is. Some of the boards, the treasures and the central space are more curled up in. Some of them, there are more direct access routes. That's an upside and a downside because if you've got straight shots out of your board, that's easier for you to get to other people, but it's also easier for people to get into your stuff. I think that... Th- I know you guys had some more detailed sort of tweaks about it. I don't think there's any way you can keep this as anything resembling the game it is and try to make it strategic. That's just not what it is. I don't think you'd want to change it about that. Fair. The one thing that I, I guess, thought was a problem with the game, as opposed to just this is the style of game and you, and you like it or you don't, is that you can get points by getting treasures or you can get points by killing other people. You're never going to kill other people. They have 15 health. There are a handful of things that do five damage, but mostly they're doing right, and they're, you know one or three, and and they and your opponent is not going to stand still and let you pummel them. You can only do one attack a turn. Yeah, right. Yeah, and most of the time you'd much rather be like, I make you drop that treasure you're holding because it takes your whole turn to pick the treasure back up, basically. Right. And after we we played several games of this. And I'm looking through the decks, what there are. 
the cards that make me go, oh, wow, that's cool, they're cards that let me move through walls. They're cards that let me drop walls in front of other places. It seems like the simple, most straightforward, powerful stuff is to have something that lets you move stuff through walls. Stuff that deals with the terrain and yeah. the board position rather than dealing damage. Yeah, something that lets you move through walls and then like a five energy so you can move eight in one turn. Yeah. Because the last game that we played, I won in five turns, and my turns were run over and pick up one of Mike's treasures, then he made me drop it, then I ran, then my, and I, so on my second turn, I picked it back up, and the turn after that, I ran it back, and then on my fourth turn, I ran and grabbed his other one, and then on my fifth turn, I ran and dropped it back. Now, that was not all that was going on. Part of the reason that was kind of entertaining because I got to drop... Mike and Jay kind of got in a little corner squabbling over a treasure and I was able to drop a, a block that stopped them from being able to get out and have a chance to interfere with me just running back and forth doing nothing. Right. But, but even so, there was even if we weren't blocked there, there was only a limited amount of we could actually slow you down. Yeah. The stuff that you're doing is more movement junk or yes. trying right. to grab the treasure again. The, the, the thing you do to stop me would never be try to shoot me. Because that doesn't actually, like, you deal yep. damage to me, I could care less. I think that's kind of the overall thing that I came away with. The extra movement makes it hard to actually see people, but if nothing else, combat is just basically wasted. It's running gun. Yeah, it, it, you don't, you, yeah, you don't even bother attacking people most of the time. Like, maybe I use this attack spell to go steal your couple spells, so maybe I've got a couple more counter spells in case you try and make me drop something. Yeah, I mean, th but, well, there are attack spells that are handy, because there are attack spells that do more than just damage, but yeah, the yeah. attack spells I want to get are, I steal cards out of your hand. One of my favorite or ones... Or I make you drop the treasure. One or, of my favorite ones was a, was a water belt, because you can cast a water belt on yourself, and it does damage equal to its energy, or you can move the character a number of spaces equal to its energy, and any mix thereof. <laughs> so I won one of my games by water bolting myself for three to move myself onto my home square and then drop, my, drop the last treasure. I mean, I, I understand and I appreciate the whole, like, the kind of capture the flag feel, but it's really missing something in that these are wizards going into war, at war with each other because there's a lot of counters as well. The, the combat needs to be deadlier. It needs to be a lot more deadly. Because it, it'll also help for the chaotic feel, I right. think. Because well, it's how not, it's supposed to feel. Not necessarily making it deadlier so much as, again, it's the, the weaker cards are just doing damage. The stronger cards are board position. So if there were more cards that were attack, do a little bit of damage, and stop the guy, or yeah. Yeah. freeze well, them in place, I, I think or something wanna, like that. You do one of those two. You do more, right. you know, attacks actually mess with the other person in returning treasure in some way, or you well, make not, people more frail. Not necessarily returning treasure, but just slowing them down. Because well, I mean, well, a, a lot of, ultimately, that is, it's, it's either going well, to pick up treasure or it's returning treasure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you want to teleport treasure back to where it started no. very no. much, if at all, no, because that's I mean, going to no, make the game no, no. actually take slow down, no, no, which no, I'm just saying is kind of against the point of the game. Everything you'd be doing would be affecting returning treasure if you're not going to focus on health. Because that's what it was. That, that's all we ever focused on. Yeah, yeah, no, your, right. your health we were, was irrelevant. Right. Well, because you could never do enough to kill, so it was very much sort of, oh, hey, you... While I'm heading towards my treasure, you happen to stand where I can shoot you. So I may you. as well smack I'll, you, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a, a spell shot. that does damage, so I, mean, I, I guess well I'll do some damage. Well, and, uh, and that was the other thing. Like, I had a handful of spells that could literally kill somebody. Like, if I even had another spell that said, hey, you can make three attacks in a turn, I could have cool killed Jay. But 
There is nothing like that. So even right. trying to do five damage, it just doesn't do anything. And it may be that they playtested it, and when it was more deadly, it got less fun because you'd just get killed and then you'd be out of the game, and then, but... Well, but, but then that brings back I, into yeah. the... Uh, but that, that doesn't... They've that, overcorrected, if that's well, the yeah, case. But then you, you then that breaks, brings back in that not only is combat not very deadly, you've got counterspells. There's a lot of counterspells in the deck. So... It, to me, the reason you want to have counterspells is for kind of that random luck. Oh, am I going to get this person? But there needs to really be risk. It's like, not only is there not risk, I've got a counterspell just in well, case. But the counters work both ways. You could counter the movement tricks that we're talking about, too. Most, time. Although I guess there's less well, of that. Right, yeah. a lot there's, of the very little, stuff most, there's very little. Yeah. Only stuff that most was, of the counters were, oh, you're targeting me? E, no. Right. Yeah. There was, there's like one that will dispel a mass spell as it's being cast, I think, but that's like it. Most yeah. of it has to target you. Um, um, so I, I just, I, I prefer. To me, there's just, there's no, there's no real risk. There's, there's no point to looking at combat. So you're just running and seeing. So it's whoever gets the best board position and whoever gets the most energy cards, so they can run the fastest wins. Yeah. A- energy cards moving through walls or, are right. Energy cards are other ways to get to your yeah. destination and, and it, it's a really nice production fantasy flight did their usual good job with the components it's got maybe it has i don't know if it, too many tokens but it's got lots of tokens but it's got lots of specialty things like if you've got a bag of tacks you can throw on the ground there's a token that looks like a bunch of tacks i like that each of the four wizard characters you've got four sculpts and you've got four colored bases so you can be the the i mean you don't you can see some other company who is trying to cut costs would just use four copies of, you know, you just yeah, have four different. colored wizards or something, but this lets you be the one, look like the one you want to look like and have the color you want to be and swap those around. There are several spells that transform the wizard. When your wizards transform, you can actually pop out the normal wizard sculpt and popped in the wolfman sculpt or the big man sculpt or whatever the, the other ones are. The ooze. And so I liked that. And if, you like Wizwar, this is probably the ultimate edition of Wizwar, and it's got the variants in there to play like the old, old games. Game. The boards have a flip side. There's the sort of new side, side A, and then there's the classic side, side B. Uh, and it's not like you couldn't, like if you were really wanted to play Wizwar, if you had access to an old list, I bet you could pretty easily change that deck more like to be the like the original. Yeah, well, I know... I've seen people comment that there were not as many counters back in the old days. I, uh, like I said, I that's not something I can verify. I didn't, I didn't play it, but right. I also did like just from the art. Also, is that the the sculpts are very unique uh, when you look at them versus each other, and then if you look in the card art, the, uh, very obviously the characters that they have sculpted, the wizards that they have sculpted, are doing stuff in the card art, and they have like a kind of a theme. So. The yes. blind chick, he's got all, she's on all the mentalist and the like, a stealthy stuff. I kind of like that feel. Yeah, and I do. It's just a random graphic thing. I think, I think it's kind of funny. There is not a set amount of space for art on the spells. Oh, yeah. There are some <laughs> spells that have less text and they've got bigger art, and there's some spells that have more text and they've got little skinny art, like lightning bolt, because yeah. it bounces around. And they it have seems to like they have like works. two templates. There's like two templates for both of those. Oh, one oh, with oh, more art, more one more with less. card games did that, because that's cool to be like, oh, we don't... This is a very small amount of text. Let's get some nice big art. Oh, let's not 
We've got this really complicated idea. Let's not try to cram it into the small box. Let's use the big box. Burning sending cinder fury of crimson chaos fire. <laughs> so it, if you like randomness and or you like Wiz War and you want a, a fast sort of thing, this probably works reasonably well from that as long as you understand that you're mostly playing capture the flag. Yeah. You're not you, running around killing each other. Yes, this isn't wizard's duels. It's capture the flag. If you're good with capture the flag, running gun magic, uh, and it's certainly, maybe you guys disagree with it because you were on the receiving end, but it feels like a game that produces good stories and, and yeah. good memorable stuff. Well, that, that yeah. was why it got big at the first point. Yeah. Because oh, so. people did these crazy things. I mean, this totally feels like the type of game that back when I was in college, there was the college, the game night, board game night, play like eight hours until three in the morning. This is exactly the type of thing that they would play, they would love. Because, yeah, it would just be story, great stories of what happened. Okay, that was Wiz War from Fantasy Flight Games, this version of it at least. For Mike Cook and Jay Earl, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Was. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download more episodes of Strange Assembly on iTunes or from our website at www.strangeassembly.com. While you're at our website, you can check out the frequently updated main page or talk with us on the forums. You can also email me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com or you can follow Strange Assembly on Facebook or Twitter strange assembly either place thanks for listening